Bible trails The Son of God, He is near Welcome to Tribal Trails. We are in Bonneville, Alberta, filming, and uh, our guest today is Donna Lakey. So glad to have you, Donna. And I see you are wearing your Métis sash. I am. I actually uh, like wearing this to uh, remind me of my heritage. And I was born in Gift Lake, uh, Gift Lake, Alberta. And uh, the, the Métis sash is uh, a sign of my pride and my identification as, as a Métis. And the Métis are recognized as one of the indigenous uh, peoples in Canada. So they have the First Nations, the Métis, and then the Inuit. And those are the three indigenous uh, groups uh, of people here in Canada. And so I, I am very proud to be Métis. Hmm. So the, uh, the Métis, uh, like here in Alberta, this is, I, I'll, I'll speak from Alberta as I, as I have uh, was born right in Gift Lake, and and then later on, uh, you know, like I, I I did leave for a while, but I came back. And historically, uh, the Métis were called road allowance people. So so what would happen is because they were caught between two worlds, so they weren't First Nation, and and they you know they were not welcome there. And then uh, because of the European yeah. uh, ancestry involved in it as well, they didn't quite belong in there. Yeah. So they were called, uh, we were called road allowance people. Mm -hmm. In fact, my grandfather, before Gift Lake uh, became a Métis settlement, they lived on the land already. And my dad was born in Gift Lake before it was recognized as a Métis settlement. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for a lot of times, like the, the um, general population don't recognize the distinction of the three, three groups, and, and they kind of group us in with the First Nation. And the other word that w has been used for the Métis is Otipim Suag. Now, when I try to translate it into English, it loses a lot of meaning, but it's a very powerful word for the Métis. It means they are a people that, and I say, I, I probably am not explaining it very well because of how no, you're doing you, very good. You, have the, you have the picture in your mind when you say something in Cree, right? Yeah. So it means a people that are, they control their own destiny. They, they decide for themselves how they're going to live. They're in control. They're they in charge after. of their life. They, they look after they themselves. they have that right so it's sort of that idea of uh, independence in one sense so it's really hard to translate it from from Cree or Tipim Suak to to um, to try and explain it in English and so and you have your own language yes we do yeah so so as a Métis people uh, We've, we've struggled to be recognized as an, uh, an, a distinct indigenous group. And so I have, uh, like I say, uh, my dad was born right in Gift Lake before the Métis settlements of Alberta were established. And it would be really interesting yeah. if, if, uh, 
if that history could be given. Because when we talk about the land being set aside for the Métis here in Alberta, it's actually, that's actually a unique situation as well. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the Métis people across Canada do not have the land base like we have. And so uh, when you hear uh, the stories of the, the uh, Métis leaders of our past, you hear and you listen to recordings, you hear about how they, they talked about God giving them this land. Yeah, yeah, they do. So Donna, as you're sharing your story, one of the things you mentioned is your Métis pride. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Well, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had to try and uh, try to prove, you know, my, my heritage. It was just who I was and uh, who I am, like if I go, whether I'm at home on, the, on settlement land mm -hmm. or if I have to go out, say, to Edmonton for a meeting or anything like that. I've never had to try and prove, you know, I'm Métis, I'm this. It was just so intrinsic to, to my life. And I think that's a result of growing uh, and being raised by people that had that pride. And I think of my dad, Oliver, and my uncles, like my uncle Arthur, Leonard, Richard, Martin, Edward, mm -hmm. strong Métis men. Yeah. And, and they encouraged us all the time. What does that mean, strong Métis men? They, were, they had strong family values, strong family love. And the same thing with my, uh, my mom and my aunts. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So my, my mom and my aunt uh, worked a lot together. And so my aunt did a lot of the beadwork like this. Uh, and then, and then my mom would work on, on uh, the sewing here, like uh, for, uh, you know, for the way, for the design and how it's supposed to fit your feet. Like that's that's what my mom would do. And then my aunt Marina and my mom would uh, work together to do moose hide, and uh, this would be uh, not commercial. This was produced. Uh, you know, by them, and and you could s smell the difference between that and the commercial hide. So I had family members like that that practiced uh, living, living on the land, living living off the land as well too. When you say produced, mm -hmm. is that right from the beginning? Right from the beginning, from getting the moose, and it is a lot of work. Yes, right from getting the moose as well too, and and the the. <laughs> I always laugh or my family laughs as well too because uh, when it comes to you know like say my brother kills a moose and then brings it and for us to cut it up like I'm the stew make maker <laughs> because that's an easy thing and so and so everybody would be involved in in doing that is making the stew meat so so for us here in in Alberta and even for our families, having the land was significant because you could do the hunting, mm -hmm. the fishing, 
camping. Like we we live in a beautiful part of Alberta, so I'm I, I thank God for that. So Donna, you mentioned uh, Gift Lake a few times and um, the land that you're on, mm -hmm. and I wondered where is that? Okay, so. If you look at uh, the map and you see Lesser Slave Lake, oh, we're just north of Lesser Slave Lake oh. here in Alberta. It's uh, west and north of Edmonton. Okay. And then in that area, there's three Métis settlements and Paddle Prairie is further north towards high level Alberta. And then around the uh, Bonneville, Laclabish area, we have four Western settlements. Okay. And Collectively, that, that local, the government authorities, Métis Settlements General Council. Yeah. And so um, it's like it's a whole, it's very well organized, I would say. But uh, like when you talk about Gift Lake and history tells us that th we actually have the Gift Lake there. There's several lakes right on our land there. But the Gift Lake was where people would come together and I guess if they were out camping or hunting and then they would all meet together and then they would uh, eat together, you know, get together like that as people and then they would exchange gifts. And even, even the history of that name really impacts on the personality of our community. Not to say we don't have our problems and issues, but on the whole, like a, a very caring community. And this is where uh, my mom and dad raised us 12. I say 12 children, we're now adults. I don't know if we ever get to be really adults, we're still children. <laughs> and so they raised us on this land. Yeah. And I tried to explain to my nieces and nephews today how we had no electricity, we had to right. haul wood, haul yeah. water, Mm -hmm. Outside toilets where you'd get your siblings to yeah. say, it's your turn, can you, you wake them up in the middle of the night, 40 below, it's your turn <laughs> to come with me to the bathroom, to the toilet now. <laughs> so that's kind of how we, that's where we grew up. Yep. And so life was hard. And, and even I think when I uh, listened to uh, the stories, mostly my dad did tell us the stories. They, they struggled, everything was a struggle to survive. So they worked and a lot of times my dad would walk to places to, to be able to provide for the, for the family. And in December, they were actually, in November was their, November 2020 was their 65th anniversary. And we celebrated with them. In December, we had a 65th wedding anniversary party for my, for my mom and dad. Donna, you were sharing, you spoke of your dad very fondly. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Mm -hmm. My dad was an interesting man. He was this uh, rough, uh, tough, tough guy, and he loved visiting people, like always visiting people. And I kind of laughed at this one situation, like uh, as they got older, uh, one of my sisters, Corinne, uh, really took a, a strong role in taking them to doctors, uh, their medical appointments and different things like that. But this one time, my sister and I happened to be the one to take dad to the hospital. And I laughed because his doctor comes in 
And as soon as the doctor comes in, before my dad even had anything to do the doctor goes like this because that's how my dad would be to the doctor like you know right and the doctor did that to him before my 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 Uh dad got a chance to do that Uh and then he would end up in the hospital a lot and because he he would wander the hospital to try and find people to visit so they would make a big sign on on his uh, room Oliver Anderson So he would know to find it. So people were very much uh, a very uh, important part in his life. And I remember uh, in the, I don't, I can't even remember how old I was, but he said to me that one summer, he said, we should have led you to God, but it it was you as our children that led us to God. And he said that to me because when we were younger, like they would take us to Bible camp. And then when I heard John 3.16, that God so loved, loved me so much that he gave his son Jesus. And, and, and that message really impacted, impacted me and I know a couple of my siblings. Mm-hmm. And, and we started uh, living for the Lord. And then dad, as time went on, uh, I know that they started changing from the way they used to be and and starting living life differently. And for me, uh, that having my dad in my life, like he was the one I would go to when things were emotionally tough for me or he would come to me and I could could go uh, to him uh, and he would come to me when I was uh, struggling a lot. Towards the end, uh, he he had dementia, okay. and and for the most part, he he did well. But at certain times, like he how he could old, sit. How old was he when you? Eighty-five. When this happened, right? Okay. So so then, and I don't know how long he would have had the dementia, but uh, you know, sometimes if you visited him, he might tell you the story two or three times in that mm-hmm. visit over like that, but. Uh, in April, we had him, the ambulance brought him, uh, brought, took him from home. And he had been in and out of the hospital because he was also diabetic. And so uh, that April, they, uh, brought, they br- took my dad by ambulance uh, to go into High Prairie. And I remember they're loading up dad and I, I yelled out, um, Dad, I love you. And then he wasn't. Then he said, "I love you" back to me, as they're loading him into the hospital. And because of of COVID at at uh, around that time, they were we were afraid he would get it. And and then the doctor called us uh, the next morning and said there isn't anything we could do for him oh. anymore. Yeah. And and they were and he had an infection and he said because he wasn't able to take antibiotics or anything like that. There's a word for it. I don't know what it is. They said he he's not going to last long. So then my my mom said uh, we want him home. So we brought him home, and I don't know how many days we spent looking after him. And then in April he passed away. So that was a big loss to me. Um, you know, I I do tell myself. 
we had them for 85 and 86 years. And, and you know, right until they passed away, they were right into life with us, right? Mm -hmm. Camping, beanbag tournament, uh, everything like that, they, they were with us. Down here we said goodbye to our loved ones Through all the pain, it's so hard to be strong but God heals the wound when the circle is broken And we'll see them again, it won't be long Family ties won't be broken in heaven For we'll all be together on the shore There will be no goodbyes to bring tears to our eyes Cause the circle won't be broken anymore Sounds like a wonderful dad to have. Mm -hmm. And uh, what about your mom? So, my mom was a lot of things to us. And like we say, like the, that was the kukum, the auntie, right. the chapan you know, for, for all of, for our big family. And, and then like a fierce competitor when it came to playing cards or, or uh, playing blitz or anything like that. <laughs> she played to win. <laughs> and also too, and I always say that that was my favorite dance partner. She loved to oh. dance and she was a good jigger as well too, right? Yes. So, so that, that was my mom and Always, if you go home, go into her home, she would be cooking. The expectation is you're going to sit there and you're going to eat her cooking. Yes. And and same thing with the grandkids, fussing over the, you know, the grandkids and even uh, like my one little um, grandniece would call her papan, doing puzzles, you know, uh, with just loving, loving loving her chapan. So it was a great loss uh, nine months later when dad left that mom passed away. Both my mom and dad, they weren't, uh, they weren't vocal about their faith, they lived it. Okay. And, and so uh, with, with my, like my dad, I think with all his work, helping us out wherever, when we had these things about church, things we were going to do or the Bible camp, all the work that he would do for us, anything that we had these great ideas to do, this dad was the physical support and help. And, and also like with my mom, and, and my mom too, uh, always supporting and helping us out in whatever way um, she could. And I, we, we found this little note after my sister was going through my mom's stuff in her you know, handwriting, and this is what she had wrote. Uh, I love you and want to spend time with you so I can help others and tell them. She had that little note in her Bible because we had to write a little note to Jesus and this is yeah. what she wrote. And, you know, um, you always look at Gen Genesis 34, 7 about the family generational sins, they call them. And I remember one speaker talking about family patterns and looking at, you know, how uh, mother and father or even their grandfather, great-grandfather, all of that, how they live their lives and how they pass on these patterns. Mm -hmm. And 
So I look at some of the ways that, because our childhood was hard with them before they came to a relationship with God, our childhood was hard. And, and then, you know, later on when mom and dad talked about, and more so my dad talked about how hard their childhood was, what they, what they uh, lived endured. through, endured. And, and so I could see why, and then how some of the patterns of the way of living started to be different when God came into our home and family. And so, um, you know, my, my, it was about survival, having land, a home, a family. And, you know, when my uh, dad was passing away and I could see how um, his breathing was starting to go differently. And I remember at one point we just about lost him and a few times during the time at home and I, I just said, Dad, I love you. God is with us. And, and then when towards the very end when he was going, I pictured a horse that had ran and just, because we had always had horses. So I pictured a horse that ran the distance and was just tired and the breathing was heavy and you know the horse is not going to make it. That's what I thought of when I saw my dad towards the end there. So yes, as, as I was on my way to come and meet with the taping here, my, my brother had called me the night before and one of my nephews, uh, I call him my baby, Grant, my baby. Um, I guess he finally broke down and he's not a big crier, right? He finally broke down and cried for my mom and dad. And mm -hmm. then, so my, my brother called to tell How me that. He? He's in grade three. Mm -hmm. So then uh, the next day they were doing the Terry Fox run. So what, what Grant did was he uh, and his brother ran with him. He went to mom and dad's grave and put his hand there and he started his run from there. And then he ran to my mom's and dad's driveway, which is a long ways. Mm -hmm. and, and he ran in memory and for them. Because my parents left the, the grandkids, the great grandkids, you know, the siblings such a rich, uh, rich heritage uh, as, as, uh, as a parents. They were not perfect. Our family is not perfect. I can tell you that much, <laughs> you know. But, none, of, uh, none of us are done. <laughs> right? But, but it, we, we, it sure made a difference to have God in our, in our home. Yeah. So Donna, you talked an awful lot about your home and your, your legacy about your mom and dad and what they left behind not only for you and your family, but mm -hmm. also for the community. How important is that? You, like we go crazy doing this, doing that, thinking that's what really is important. Mm -hmm. And then you, I, I say I look at, uh, um, you know, when, when a little, like m my one little nephew crying when, when he was going to have moose soup, mm -hmm. because that was that was what they ate at mom's and they felt love and safety and caring from my mom with that and so you have you there's so many things that you the memories yeah. the the times of laughter the difficult hard times we went through and how the family was together so if anything happened to me 
easily 20 or 30 people show up you know, <laughs> for support. It was so encouraging to hear these memories about Donna's parents. It makes such a difference to have God in your life and your family. We can see how important it is, what choices we make. Listen to Donna as she shares some thoughts along this line. You know, I think about uh, my mom and dad a lot. And sometimes, like, it's, it's with tears. And, and at other times I laugh because they were funny. <laughs> and, and then, you know, we've sat together as a family and we've looked at what they taught us. Helping other people, working, like working hard, providing for your family, being together, and having God in the center of it all. And, and sometimes people have no use for God, maybe only when there's an emergency. Sometimes people, you know, literally hate God. And I'm afraid to say, too, uh, he gets a lot of blame for things that happen in life. But I know from watching my mom and dad, I know from my own life experience, when I've made choices for God, and sometimes it's been hard, that that's the only way to go. That's the only way to live life. Time is short here on earth. And I, like I always say, we, all of us will end up in the casket. And what are you leaving behind when you go? What sort of things will people remember about you? And if you were to make the choice to go the way God would want us to go uh, through a life with Jesus Christ, that will make that difference. It, it, it will make your legacy so strong and powerful. And it will make your life, like I say, all the twists and turns, uh, it, He's with you and He can help you through anything. So be a person that makes that choice to leave a strong legacy built on Jesus Christ. What are you leaving behind? Maybe you're tired of the life you're living. Do you feel something is missing in your life? Or do you feel guilty by the mistakes you've made? The Bible tells us in Romans 3, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. So, there is always a chance to change your life. Do you know that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sins on the cross? This is the most important choice to make in life. It determines where you will spend eternity and it will change your life here on earth. Call us at 306-961-2588 on our spiritual helpline if you would like to talk to someone. In heaven we will know 
separation Mom and Dad won't ever have to go away Oh, we'll all be a part of God's great family circle There with Jesus united we will stay Family ties only broken in heaven For we'll all be together on that soul There will be no goodbyes To bring tears to our eyes Cause the circle won't be broken anymore